Well, news travels fast, doesn't it? There's all kinds of ways that information can reach us these days, and most of it is in an instant, right? But even with our multifaceted forms of communication, the truthfulness of what we are hearing can still be in doubt, right? In fact, we often receive some news and we are apprehensive to pass it on because we're not sure if it's even true. You may get some information from multiple sources, but you're still hesitant to share this news. You don't want people coming back to you if, if you don't have the facts straight. You don't want to be known as a gossip, right? But there is a deep satisfaction once you find out that what you've heard is correct or when you are given permission to tell someone or even when you can say to someone, I've known about that for a while now. That feels good, doesn't it? Well, what we see each year as we prepare for Christmas are readings from the Old Testament and from the New Testament that tell us of this amazing thing that was mentioned in the Old Testament, but it was veiled. You didn't know when it was going to be fulfilled. It was a sure promise. God made a covenant with his people, but you couldn't make out for sure from what you were reading what it was going to look like exactly. But then it came, and all was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this passage that we are looking at this morning, the three verses from Romans, is a good one for a short meditation on today. Because it's the benediction to the book of Romans, and it overflows with praise because of the truth that has been made known in Jesus The book of Romans is a well-crafted argument for how Christ saved his people. And it's not because of anything that those people have done. It's nothing that you and I have done. It is by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of the work of Christ alone, that we are saved. And so as this book of Romans ends, Paul trusts that Jesus is able to strengthen his people according to the gospel. Now he says, my gospel And he also says that it's because of the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul says, my gospel, he isn't suggesting that what he's been teaching is is exclusive to him, or that he has made it up by himself apart from the revealed word of God. That's not what he's driving at. Instead, he is taking possession of the truth that he is proclaiming. He actually believes it. He actually believes what he has been writing and what he has been proclaiming. It isn't something that he's just saying, you know, just because. He owns what he's been telling the church in Rome in this book, and he is eternally convinced that it is true. And the gospel that he trusts in is that God is able to strengthen his people by the gospel and the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that good news that not only brings us to faith, but it strengthens us in it. The gospel is vital, and yet it is so easily lost, isn't it? This salvation that's by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone, can easily be pushed aside. Because we, we want to take credit in some way for our salvation. We want to believe that we can do it. We're go-getters. We can do it. We can do it on our own, but the 
truth that we find from the book of Romans is that we can't. And that's really why we celebrate Christmas, right? Because we're understanding that a divine rescue has begun. Because we can't do this on our own. But like I said, we so easily forget the truth of this. We like to believe that we can do it on our own, and we, we can easily forget the message of the gospel and the message of salvation. And as we think about what this means for us, as we prepare for Christmas, we see the Apostle Paul saying that, that it was a mystery kept secret for long ages, but now it's been disclosed. Until the revelation of Jesus Christ, how this was all going to look was a mystery. You would have gotten the, the general idea that a Savior is on the way, but the exact way that it would look, it was unknown to them. It's like that Christmas present that you might have gotten hints about, or the shape of it under the tree sure seems like you might be able to figure it out, but you aren't sure exactly what is going to be underneath the paper. Maybe you know even that it's a piece of clothing, but you aren't even sure if it's pants or a shirt, or maybe it's that traditional Christmas gift, socks. Until you open the box and remove all the barriers, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, the same was true of the story of redemption. We can see it pretty clearly now because we live on the other side of the story. And we have received the Holy Spirit who helps us to understand this truth. For us to read the Old Testament with, with Jesus in view, we can see where the story is headed. But imagine not knowing what we know. What will this one who is promised in Genesis 3, who is going to crush the head of the serpent, what will that look like? When will he come? As we read this morning in 2 Samuel, David's throne shall be established forever, so he's going to be a descendant of David. In the kingly line, he will, he will sit on his throne forever, but will it be an earthly throne? What does it look like? You get the idea. People would have had all kinds of expectations, and so their view was skewed. It was a mystery. But now, Paul is telling us, it's become clear. With Jesus and the saving work of his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, we are now able to turn the lens and bring the story into focus. And notice what part of that focus is. Jesus is being made known to all nations. This story isn't just a story for the Hebrew people. It's a story for Gentiles like us, too. And what is this going to do? Through the commands of God, it is bringing about the obedience of faith, not just for the Hebrew people, but for you and I also. People everywhere, through the proclamation of the Word of God, are coming to faith and putting their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation and understanding what it means to, to follow God in faith. That we put our trust in Him for salvation for our sins, but we also look to His Holy Word to know how we are to live our lives in response to what he has done. His law shows us what a holy and righteous life looks like. And so as we wrap up this short meditation on this passage, we look forward to Christmas. It's coming. 
And Christmas has so many meanings for us. It's the primary holiday, I believe, that sparks memories and emotions for us. You remember moments, right, of opening gifts with your children, or the big surprise you had that one year for your spouse. There's traditional food and other smells that that spark all these awesome memories for you. And chances are you have memories because you're seeing people you don't see that often during the course of the year. Everyone is together. It's an important time. And this year we've been reminded how important these moments are, haven't we? So as we come to Christmas, we're reminded in this passage not only how precious those moments are, but how precious the salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus is. God unfolded history in such a way to make the story that we celebrate this coming Friday known to us, sinners in need of grace. We know this story so that we can be brought into the family of God and receive the greatest gift of his perfect righteousness and an assurance of salvation, knowing that we have forgiveness Not because of anything that we do, but because of that child in the manger. We know what he came to do. It's a gift for you and a gift for me that is immeasurable. And this good news has been made known to us. And so may we make that message known to others. Because God has made it known to us, we are called to make it known to others. May we tell it on the mountain that hope Peace and salvation has come, and it is the greatest gift that we can ever receive. His salvation has been made known. May we make it known this Christmas season. Amen.